It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than to open it and leave no doubt. You know, I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. What a beautiful woman. Wow. He's, AJ's doing Whoa. some things right down So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with Pop. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to it. It is Thursday, September 8th. We're going to get a little preview here for some college football in week two. Uh, it's officially it's officially week two uh, for college football tonight, but also the NFL starts tonight, so that's exciting. Um, you know, Bills Bills getting the, the season kicked off against the Rams, and the Queen just died. So um, we're going to go into some fumbler gift basket seg- segment here uh, to start off our day. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, fumble for the entire country of England because you now have no Queen. So it's tough. R.I.P. Yeah, it's, she's been kicking around for quite a while now. I thought she'd live forever. They got a king now. What's his name? Yeah, they do have a king. King Charles, it's right? Uh, it's Queen I'm pretty sure it's Queen. King Charles. King it's Queen son. Well, that dude's old. Uh, you know what? I'll have him as my fumble because he only gets to be king for, like, maybe ten years at max. Dude, what, what kind that of medicine? Be my what kind of medicine did they give the queen, dude? Like, how did she fucking live that long? She ate her vegetables. I mean, yeah. She's eating, <laughs> waking up and eating spinach. That's it. Do y'all, have, did y'all hear that theory, whatever COVID was real bad, that she got it and died and she's like, they just have like a hologram around of her? Oh, a little bit. I heard a wild thing about Avril Lavigne dying and she was pretty much full, filled out by another human. Like Avril Lavigne is not the same girl anymore. Huh. It um, the the evidence is damning. I'll just say that much. It's a little. Uh, I don't know, man. Would y'all would y'all would y'all take over someone's life for them? If someone looked exactly yeah. like you, say they were like a really famous person, that you looked exactly like, you wouldn't take over their life. Try that. No, you wouldn't take over like Joe Burrow's life or something. You wouldn't want to be Joe Burrow. It's pretty obvious when I step on the football field that I'm not Joe Burrow. Right. I want to be like Bill Gates or something, so I don't have to work. It's kind of living. Drew, Drew, you look like Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> yeah, Drew, you could be Dabo's replacement. My dad you sent just got me a picture of Dabo. Extension. Dad sent me this picture of Dabo. He goes, is that Drew Garrett? <laughs> it looks just like you. <laughs> we got to get you a Clemson hat, Drew, and it'd be, be go time. Well, there you go. He'd be recruiting for OU under Clemson's name. He'd be telling, hey, Clemson's a great school, but you should probably go check out the University of Oklahoma. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm a Dabo fan. He just got locked up through 2031. Did y'all see that? Yep. 
Oh, also, I have another fumble. Um, Texas A&M's national drought, national championship drought, is now into its third monarch. Third monarch. Like in any sport? (laughs) You got the three monarchies now, and they haven't won a damn national championship. That's I. That's kind of crazy because I don't know how long the queen has been there, but she. I remember seeing pictures of her like doing shit during World War Two. So if that tells you anything, she's been there. She's been cooking for quite a bit. Hey, so I don't know who what what Meghan Markle's role is. Does anybody know who she is? No, she's they're disassociated from the royal family now. Yeah, there's like a fallout she, or something. Really, she because is Prince Harry's wife. She's hot. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she is. Hot. She's hot, dude. I'll just be honest with you. I remember watching her get married, and I was like, I, no, I kind of understand it. I understand why they let they care about this because she is smoking hot. But uh, so she's not the queen now. No, she she is not even in the like the line of succession. She will <laughs> never be queen. So so why is that? I don't even really care to be honest. Um, it's just like the line <laughs> of succession. It goes to the the firstborn uh, son normally. Uh, it might be first just child now. Um. But I don't think they're – I think he gave up his, like, like line of succession or whatever. The heir? Yeah. He might be the youngest son, so I don't even think he has a chance to get it unless, like, everyone in front of him dies. What about Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Where does he have fallen to? Um, I think if the whole royal family was to die, like, in a plane crash, I think we got to throw Ed, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in there. I feel like he's the only one we could fit. The Duke of Louisiana. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is the if, Duke of Louisiana. If England, if England really wants us to care about this, they probably should have tried harder in the Battle of Yorktown. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you know they get like three days off of school now. Like it's like a national celebration that she passed away. Dude, like, some, they have why no didn't they? Ask, oh, they should have assassinated her earlier and take one for the whole team. Get three days off of school. No, that's just ridiculous. You get three just three snow days because a hundred year old died. I mean, what are we doing? There's, America... a, there's a guy on Twitter that I follow that has just been. He's like every month he tweets out a new prediction of the when the queen will die. He didn't get it right. But... It's like those KK updates. He's still in jail. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's still alive. She's still alive. Still alive. <laughs> I bet that that Twitter page is popping off right yeah. now. Queen Elizabeth was, was was 13 years old when they won their last national championship. Wait, who? A&M? Yeah. I wow. She Imagine being an A&M fan. Couldn't be me, man. I saw a tweet that said Queen Elizabeth has been the queen for 30% of the U.S.'s existence. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> crazy. That's yeah, why. Dude, she is. It's kind of weird to think about that the United States is not that like old compared to like some other countries. Yeah. I mean, we just, we're just so awesome. You know, everybody... yeah, we're just the greatest. Right. I mean, the American football, what else do you need? If you want to unite all of America, you can just start shitting on the UK. Like that's the easiest way to do it. Everyone. You're going to go choose it. Oh man. I hate, I hate British people so much. Dude, they, just, they have bad teeth and they just mumble to themselves and just are hammered all the time with their thousands of pubs. It's just funny, Tom, that your dad is a dentist and we're now we're talking about Britain teeth. Like he probably. Oh, know. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know everything about it. They have horrible hygiene. 
Universal healthcare is awesome, but the problem is you don't get as good as treatment. Dude, good lord! I'm, I don't know why. Have you guys ever uh, seen um, Austin Powers' teeth? Oh, just yeah, they're awful. Yeah, terrible. That, that is just the. I mean, that's everyone in, in Britain. It's everyone. They all bad teeth. No, you're not wrong, uh, Jake. This, this is completely off topic. Have you seen Arizona State's jerseys for this week? I have. They're they're nice. They're, they're we, might, right. we we might lose. It scares me. Well, do they get some good ones? Oh yeah, they're pretty. I feel like they're they're pretty. They look pretty similar to what they normally wear. They just have a big big uh, old sparky sun devil thing on the side of the helmet. They look they look good. They also have gold kind well, of cleats. We're playing the uh, Los Angeles Chargers this week, so yeah. Oh, Kent State. Kent State's Kent State is literally the away jersey for the. Their way jerseys are literally the exact same thing as the Chargers. I don't know if we've touched on this. Uh, I think I think we might have. Kent State's schedule, I, I, it's kind of gone viral. They are raking in the cash this year. They're playing at Washington, at OU, and at Georgia for non-conference. Just Dang, you got to get that money somehow. Yeah, nuts. Probably getting paid a bag, too. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they can buy some uniforms that don't look like they're copying from, from Chargers. Uh, yeah. You would think. All right, you guys want to dive into week two here, and let's get some previews. Preview, you know, kind of, kind of see what we think on some of these games, real quick. That sounds good. Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think there's any better place to start off with than I think the game that we're all going to be watching at 11 a.m. I think it sucks that it's at 11 a.m. I don't know how. What what do you what do you guys think about this? I mean, why, what do you think about big noon kickoff? Because it seems like the biggest game of the non-conference hype wise is happening at 11 a.m. And, and, and viewership, I, I'm going to watch. But, like, why – for the fans that are actually going to the game, I think it sucks. I Here's think it's – We're talking about Texas, Alabama? Yeah. 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 Well, that's I think what they should do with the noon kickoff is they should have the second-best game at noon kickoff. and Because this is by far going to be the best game of the – it should be, at least. Um, I, we, I, that's ridiculous. We've got to watch Texas, Alabama at, like, 7. That's 6.30 kickoff. You need to have a 6 kickoff. Are you allowed to have big noon kickoff and college game day? Because both of them are going there. Then. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Hopefully I wake up in time. I just think it sucks for the fans that are actually going to the game. Now, for the viewer, like I actually kind of like it because then I wake up at 11 and I don't have to watch Beth Mullins on my TV. I can just turn it on and I see <clears throat> Gus Johnson. That's awesome. Um, She'll be there. She'll be there. She'll probably be there. Yeah, it's Gus. Do we know who's announcing the game? Yeah, Gus, Joel, and uh, the All-American girl, Jenny Taft. Yeah, Jenny oh, Taft. Uh, so, at least that's electric. Oh, that's, that's gonna be a, it's going to be an electric game. It should be a good atmosphere, even though Texas kind of like – they have a sleepy kind of home atmosphere, especially at 11 a.m., but I think since Alabama's there, I think it should be pretty electric. Uh, but let's, let's, let's you think Sixth Street is waking up for that? Half of them have had – they have to. I mean, they're, they're, some of them will just I – mean, hey, shit, the, the loudness factor. You're going to have to wake up at 11 a.m. Oh, anyways. Uh, so what do you guys think about that game? Let's let's talk about Quinn Ewers here. First of all, he got his car towed. Um, second of all, him versus the Alabama defense. What, what are we looking at here in – I think that most people kind of assume Alabama is going to run through Texas, but I think that there's something about Texas that's going to make this game close. Why is that? Texas always they play to their competition. Yeah. 
Texas always is great at the first like four weeks of the season. Then they play Baylor, OU, OSU, and they just collapse on themselves like a dying star every year. Yeah, they go they go into every single game with about as much talent or just or maybe even more talent than any other team they, they face, but just culture, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think they just play up to their competition. At least when they played at LSU in 2019, that game was really, really close. Yeah. Ended up losing at the end. That's a good but point. They also beat Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame that year. Um, and then they lost to Cal two years in a row. And then man, Maryland. Just playing, <laughs> yeah, play, playing up and down to the competition. That's what, that's what they do. So what do you guys expect the outcome to be in this game? And kind of what are the key key parts of the game that you, you think? I think the offensive line versus Willie Anderson, Dallas Turner, obviously, is a big part for Texas. Um, but are they going to be able to run the ball in Alabama? I don't. I don't know. Like, I, I just see. I just. It's hard for me to see a world in which Texas wins, but I think that they keep it close. I think it's going to be thirty-five to seventeen. I like that. I think it's going to be seventeen, seventeen in the third quarter at some point, and then Alabama just takes over. It's fair. This is Quinnier's chance. I mean, this is his opportunity to show that it, he's worth it. I think. I think Will Anderson baptizes. Quinn Ewers this game. I think he gets about four sacks. I think it's going to be close, but I think Will Anderson's going to have a career game. I really do. Because, I mean, dude, there's, like, what, three freshmen starting on the offensive line for Texas? I just – Alabama has so much experience and so much depth at every position. I just – I don't know. Those those guys are going to have a field day. Yeah, I think the key – is B. John Robinson a thousand percent take the heat off of Quinney or is be able to run the ball? I just don't know how likely it is that they are effectively running the ball consistently against Bama. But, you know, you have to talk about the other side of the ball. Texas was terribly, def- terrible defensively, and, and you're facing a Heisman winner. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd take, I'd take Bama, and I'd probably bet on the points. If I had to bet, I'd probably choose Bama. But, I mean, there is something about Texas that they like, they play up for these games, like you said. And I could see it being a really entertaining game um, at the least. I think it's the most hyped game of the non-conference. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pumped to watch. I don't, I don't know what game would be more enticing than this. It's two, it's two huge names. Hey, also, I mean, kind of off topic, but we got um, Baylor BYU kickoff at 9.15 at night. Oh, that's awesome. Let me just tell you, the Pac-12 after dark games this week might be better than the rest of the season. We've got that one. We've got Mississippi State and Arizona, which is oddly fun. And then Oregon State Beavers versus Fresno State. And I don't know why that one gets me excited, but it does. And you get the little chainsaw going for the Beavers. They have a turnover chainsaw, and it's, it's electric. At 10, 10.30 p.m., get a little fumble on the field, get a little chainsaw going. I, I think that's a, that's, you know, it's a fun tradition there in, in Beavers for Oregon State. But uh, It's always the mid-tier teams that have those traditions. <laughs> well, I mean, why would a Beaver need a chainsaw? If it's a, they, you know, it has teeth like that cut through wood. And it wouldn't need a chainsaw. Yeah, it's true. They should just have a That's turnover true. dam. They all kind of swim through a little dam, <laughs> like a pile of sticks. They jump into after they get a pick. Oh yeah, <laughs> just build a dam. Yeah. All right. Well, th- so that's <laughs> Alabama, Texas. Do you guys have any other thoughts on Alabama, Texas? I'm. I- the thing is, I, I, I hate giving into the hype train because, or the hype trap, because I genuinely think BYU, Baylor are both better teams than Texas. Um, but man, like, I'm excited to watch the amount of talent they have this year and if it's actually real, you know, if they can compete with Alabama. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm very excited. 
it all depends on like what Bijan and Quinn and Xavier, Xavier Ward they can do. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Julio Billingsley transferred from Alabama. He's suspended, but uh, Ajay Hall is he going to play? Like I don't think either guys that transferred from Bama are going to actually play. So that so that was kind of the storyline going in, but that doesn't even matter now. So maybe that gives you a reason they transferred. Yeah, I I just I could see the game either being really close, but I could also see just Bama just taking a dump on them. Like, I really could. I just like Texas is not they're on a horrible team, but I don't know, man. I just got I just got a weird feeling about the game. We might see a panting. We might really see a panting. Oh, we might. All right, let's move on to another. We really game. might. We've got the uh South Carolina Gamecocks and the Arkansas Razorbacks. That's also at eleven AM and that'll be the game on ESPN. Uh it, it's a inter- entertaining game just in the fact that there's a lot of uh, different different quarterback situation here that are you're kind of getting to see these two teams take on their first SEC opponent. It's exciting to watch Spencer Rattler. Well, he didn't look great last week. Um, I think Georgia State's actually pretty good. Um, but what do you guys think about that game, and what are you looking forward to in that in that ball game? South Carolina playing again. Say it again. Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, I, yeah. I think Arkansas is probably going to win by two touchdowns, but I can see it. I can see it being close for most of the game. It really depends on how Spencer Rattler plays, because I think Arkansas has more talent across the board. I think Arkansas is really good. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm excited to see Spencer play, but um, I like you said, he didn't look great. I don't. I just like I'm slowly losing faith in Spencer Rattler. Like he's just not, just not that guy. Like I, it, he's just not that five star that we all thought he was going to be. He's not him. So you fans thought he's not him. I, he's not Himothy, as some say. Um, but I think K.J. Jefferson is him, and I think K.J. Jefferson will probably lead Arkansas to beat them, if I had to guess. It's a really interesting kind of, like, situation because they play in the second week. I think, like, both teams probably obviously haven't hit their stride. And I think there's a chance that maybe South Carolina just has a little bit more excitement to be there considering they, they didn't play a great opponent in week one, and Arkansas, you know, was built up to play Cincinnati all offseason. So it's kind of like, oh, maybe we have hit a lull. I still think I'd pick Arkansas to win. Um, I think I think Arkansas might be really good because I don't think they played particularly well against Cincinnati and they, they still won. So maybe maybe uh, we have a close game, but uh, kind of think I lean Arkansas there. Some of these games are just the other ones that we're not going to pick because I think we have an obvious winner. Uh, these ones we're going to talk about here. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and send it to Stanford and USC, which should be um, I think six thirty. Yeah, six thirty on ABC. So that. The Trojans get the primetime slot. It's at Stanford. I'm not expecting to see a huge crowd or make really be the uh, the away the home field be a, a huge factor. But what do you think about the Cardinal versus Trojans um, on ABC? I, I think USC will probably beat them by 30. Yeah. Stanford's bad, I mean, man. Stanford's not that good, and USC their offense is really really good. Yeah, they're always good. So this is an underrated thing, man. I feel like we talk about a lot of schools and how far they've fallen off. Stanford might be. I mean, they might have fallen off the, the most. I mean, they they were genuinely national championship good under Jim Harbaugh, and they are terrible, man. I mean, they, they are terrible now. So we don't really talk about that because yeah. it's Stanford, but my God. Once they lost uh, McCaffrey and Bryce Love, they've had literally nothing since yeah. then. McCaffrey might have been their last good year, honestly. That's a good call on Bryce Love. I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, finals. What happened to him? Out. He kind of disappeared from the NFL. Didn't really pan out. 
This wasn't very good. Yeah, I just don't think he was very good. He was fast, but, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's fast in the NFL. I, I always confuse uh, Bryce Love being one of the many Wisconsin running backs. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. The thing, I mean, I'm looking at Stanford's schedule from last year. Boy, they were not good. But they did beat USC, and they did beat Oregon. So kind of a weird conundrum there. They were terrible, but they beat two of the top teams in the Pac-12. Uh, well, I, I don't think there's a chance they beat USC this week. But I, I oh. can see it being a close game. They have Tanner McKee. He's a good quarterback. But anything else you guys want to talk about on that game? I don't, I don't think it's going to be too particularly close. So. Caleb Williams, will have, pantsing. Caleb Williams will have 500 yards of offense by himself. <laughs> That's a bold statement. 500 yeah, yards? That is very bold. 500 yeah. is a lot. All right, well, 400 passing yards, 100 rushing yards. 500 yards. Caleb Williams by himself against uh, Stanford? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all right. He's their uh, leading rusher. It'll be the first time we see USC uh, kind of on a stage where they're actually playing a Power 5 team. They got uh, Rice last week, so it'll be exciting. I, I I think it's going to be fun that you – I mean, I know you guys are big OU fans, so you, you guys don't particularly like the Trojans, but I'm pumped that they're actually relevant again. I, I think it, it's important for college football to be kind of nationwide, and they're going to be fun to watch this year, regardless of who you care about. I think hey, – Go ahead. Um, I, I was just saying, I, I hate USC. I really just hate Lincoln Riley. I don't really got a problem with USC or anything. Um, I just – it is better for college football. It makes it so much better. Disagree. <laughs> disagree? Why do you disagree? Might as well they fall off into irrelevancy forever. I didn't like them before they had Lincoln Riley. It's fair, I guess. <laughs> Why? Why not? We lost the national championship in 2004. No, I don't care about that. I was yeah, yeah. I don't mean, I just, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of Southern California teams in any sport. You think Queen Elizabeth was alive and well in 2004? She had to have been. She had to. She's still still taking. Yeah, she's still taking jobs at that point. (laughs) An 80, 80 years old. Yeah, a nice 80 year old job. It's always impressive when you see an 80 year old out there on the track at the high school or something getting a nice old jog in. That's always impressive. I wonder if the old people still jog at the mall back home. Oh, I'm sure they do. It's like a just, more of a power walk thing, too. Yeah. It's the grandma walk. That's right. Okay, so we have five games we're going to pick, but the last game on here that we kind of – I don't think we're going to have – I think we're going to have a consensus on the pick, so I don't think we're going to pick it, is uh, my, my, my Oklahoma State Cowboys versus the Arizona State Sun Devils. It's one of the other Power 5 matchups this week um, between two teams that are, are actually Power 5. Um, I personally – I. I just don't know what to think. I think it's to be oddly close. And uh, but the thing about Arizona State is they have a massive amount of transfers in and out. So them playing Northern Arizona, like we don't really know anything about Arizona State. So I, I don't know how to even feel about the game, really. Um, but what do you guys think on that? I don't. I don't think it'll be close. I think you're underestimating. I think you're underestimating OSU. I think OSU will win probably by three or four touchdowns. I think it'll be similar to last week. Really. I think I think OSU will jump out to a huge lead, and then it'll kind of be closer—not close, but closer at the end. Honestly, just like you can't like turn it off and be like, "Oh, like we're winning." Yeah, I I don't think it'll be particularly close. I I I have a lot of faith that OSU goes two and zero. It's just I think it's more the name than anything. I think, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I'm probably wrong on this, but I think Central Michigan and Arizona State are similar. No, Central Michigan was, like, is going to win the MAC. I'm just gonna be honest with you. That's, that was a, a good team. Yeah, a lot of. So I think Central Michigan, like talent wise, I think Central Michigan and Arizona State, if they face up on the field, I might take Central Michigan. I mean, Central Michigan has a number of the nation's leading rusher. They had, they had two offensive tackles last year when the first or second round. I mean, they were a good team. They were yeah, good. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're wide receivers. Really good. Their wide receivers were all transfers, and they're all tall as hell. But yeah, they weren't. They were not a bad team at all. And it's just the, the name doesn't really go along with having a great football team, which is the problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that I think I, I trust us to win. I just I don't know. It we struggle early in the season with these kind of games. It seems like uh, defensively, like we'll figure it out in about week four defensively, and week two is obviously a little bit before week four. So. But we'll see. I, I don't know what else to think about that game other than we're going to play. <laughs> I mean, is, it, is Arizona State's wide receivers any good? Because the worst part of OSU is, uh, is clearly their defensive backs in the first week. Well, all of Arizona State's receivers are transferred last year, one to OU, one to Florida. Actually played really well for Florida, Ricky Pearsall. But, um, yeah, so they don't really have anybody that's out wide that I'm too worried about. Um, I don't know if you guys do this, but so so when you guys have a – you guys follow recruiting and then – a recruit at the end kind of spurns your school. Um, do you guys watch him and kind of wish that he sucks? Oh, oh, yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so happy Jason Quillen hasn't touched the field at Alabama. <laughs> so happy. I'm a Kamar Wheaton transferred to, to SMU and still isn't the starter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. So there was a guy that was com- going to commit to Oklahoma State named Danielle Engada or Nada. I think it's Nada. Um, but yeah, he was a big time recruit and he went to Arizona State, and now they have, like, 40 scholarship players, and he's one of their running backs. And, man, I just – I'm not going to lie to you. I hope we just beat the shit out of him. I hope, I hope we just make it make his life hell on the field. So, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm a bad person for that, but that's just how I feel. No, no, it's all right. No, yeah, I'm the same way. <clears throat> I mean, this is before I started following recruiting, but I'm for, Julio Jones is almost an OU player, and then went to Alabama oh. and I – didn't make, didn't make me happy. Yeah, Laquan, Laquan Treadway was all but ours, man. He went to Ole Miss oh, because they gave him the fucking bag. And I don't care who says they did it. I mean, uh, Hugh Freeze was calling hookers for this guy. That's how good he was. <laughs> we had him. James, we would have had him, James Washington. Uh, you know, I wish would have been electric. Marcel Aitman, Tyron Johnson. would have been an electric receiving core. And he decided to go to Ole Miss to, for what, man? To, for some hookers? Like, come on. I, that's when I knew then he was had, not going to be yeah. in the NFL. When he, when I knew he he went to Ole Miss for the hookers. Like, come on. He had that nasty leg injury, also there. Yeah, and and I didn't wish that upon him, but I do wish that he sucked yeah. in the NFL, and he did. Is, is he even on a roster anymore? Is he still playing? Nope, not. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a bust. He's a pretty high pick. As probably well. got his signing bonus and started buying hookers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's just what be I shocked. Yeah. Could... He plays for the Patriots. Oh wow! He's the new Nikhil Harry. It, oh god, that guy would have bust. I thought he was going to be incredible. Arizona State, there you go, man. Yeah, I thought he was going to be so good. He was on my fantasy college football team. Hopefully, Arizona State doesn't bring out Nikhil Harry or Brandon Ayuk because they would torch us right now. Oh, DBs we'd, we'd be in bad. trouble. Good lord, it'd be bad. Hey. Jaden Bray's not going to be back either. Yeah, so J- you're lucky. Go ahead, go ahead, Drew. That's it. You're lucky LV Bunkley Shelton's at OU now. <laughs> he didn't really play very much, at least that's what I saw. He didn't. Dude, it was our first, like, team and, like, two other receivers, and that's the only people who played. Yeah, so Jay- – Our walk-on got time. He scored a touchdown. Like, 
He's gonna be good, he, though. He, yeah, Gavin Freeman. Gavin Freeman. Well, he had a full ride to Tech, and they pulled it. And then, oh, you scooped him up, offered him a walk. Well, on I've heard the reason they pulled it was because he was going to walk on at OU. I mean, he's from Heritage Hall, and they were just like, oh, yeah, walk on. We have enough money to to pay for his. I career. saw, yeah, I saw an interview after the game, and he was he was talking about he was literally a he was an OU fan his whole whole life, and I mean, that's amazing. Being a walk-on freshman, scoring a tutty. Yeah, yeah I do think the um, the old oh, I was a fan for my whole life. Story was is it's so overplayed with Sam Ellinger that I just can't. Whenever oh, people oh, yeah. people acted like it was his yeah. birthright to be the Texas quarterback just because he <laughs> cheated yeah. as a kid. Like he's not the heir to the Texas quarterback. He's not. Dude, every single <laughs> game I ever watched of that dude, he was it, it was mentioned at least once. They show that little picture Maybe of him doing the horns up. Like, I don't give a fucking oh, yeah. rat's ass. I don't care. I don't care at all. Like, you know how many kids he, did, did a horns up or a horns down when they were kids? All of them. Every single one. You know what my you know what my favorite Sam Ellinger pastime is? Watching him watching him find a way to lose a game. Yeah. Whether it be a fumble or interception. Yeah. Overthrow. He him and Brock Purdy. Yeah, he good. Go ahead, Cal. I was just going to say, him and Brock Purdy had that innate ability to oh. just lose a game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, dude, Trey Brown, <laughs> I, I think Sam Ellinger thought Trey Brown was on Texas or something because he just threw him the ball four times maybe Trey Brown's entire career. It was wild. And then he got the safety in the Big 12 championship. Oh, yeah. He just, those two are just linked. Brock, linked at the hip forever. Brock Purdy had the the most Uno reverse quarterback plays that I've ever seen. I mean, he'd be winning the game and then just, whoop. All right, here you go. Like, the most. Like, that one. Did you see it that way? That one against OU you last year where he got the ball punched out and they took it for a touchdown. <laughs> I was like, man, what in the hell are you doing? Do anything <laughs> you did. He kept trying to run back to the middle of the field where our large – Large parry on Winfrey is that doesn't seem like the smartest move, but it looks like it looks like he played ninety five percent of his games concussed. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Like that OU game, he was concussed the entire game. He got hit like within the first drive, and he was never the same. I mean, there's there's a part of me that respects people that just hey, I'm hurt, I'm playing. But then when your quarterback starts launching into the other team, you're like, well, maybe we should get somebody out there that has a working, active brain that's not concussed right now. That was the Charlie Brewer factor at Baylor. I mean, shit, he would, he would be a good oh, yeah. quarterback, and then he'd be concussed. Well, he'd go out there, and it's like, dude, he just threw it to the wrong team. Take him out. Like, make sure he's, you know, do, do one of these finger tests, and let's see if he's at least okay. He's walking back to the other sideline. See, that I'm, that actually happened, though. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, you know he was he was his brain could not handle football. His freshman year at Baylor, they I think it was the year they went one and eleven. He got lit up by somebody on OSU, and he literally walked to the wrong sideline. And then he was back out there the next possession. It was like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are the is Charlie? Out? Is that guy still in the still in college? Yeah, he plays. For he plays in Liberty. Yep. Liberty, dude. Yep. He's yep. in college. He's like, is, he's got to be the same age as Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? I think he's older. Older? Yeah. yeah. Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> I love that commercial. All right. What do you guys? What do you guys say? We pick up. We pick the games. We've got five games here that we think are pretty much. I wouldn't say they're toss ups, but I think we could go either way on them. Um. So, right now the standings are 
Drew is on top. Cal, or I think Drew's on top. Is that right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then Calvin's yeah, in second. Two. Tom's in third, and I'm in fourth. I really sucked in the the first the week zero games, but I went four and one last week. So hopefully I'll pick it up. But so we're gonna pick five games here for week two. Kind of discuss the games as well. The first game we have on the list is Houston and Texas Tech. I think these are might be two pretty even teams, um, and we'll get to kind of see that at two thirty in Lubbock. Um, so what do you, what do you guys think about that game? I think it will look like North Carolina and Appalachian State type score, but I think Houston ends up winning. You got Houston? Yeah, right. Houston in a shootout. The Houston Cougars. Yeah, I, I got Tech at home, dude. All right. Yeah, I, I go, I'm I going with Tech at home. So I do think it's important to note that uh, Tyler Shuck or Shower, however the hell you say it, will not be playing. He broke his call. Oh, Never mind. Houston. Change mine. Serious? You're Tyler Shuck's the GOAT. Your quarterback, Donovan Smith, threw for four tutties last week, though. And it gets Murray State, though. He, I mean, Donovan Smith has looked good at times. Yeah, he, he's not bad. He he's, a against OSU, yeah? he's a really good backup. I'll give him that much. Yeah. I would take uh, – this one's a really tough game to pick here for me. I want to pick Houston just because Clayton Toon is really, really good, and so is Tank Dell. But I think there's something about Tech this year where I might – I might lean Texas Tech, so I'm going to pick Texas Tech. Uh, but I'm, but I could certainly go either way, and I think it's going to be a really, really close game, no matter what. If the goat Tyler Shaw was playing, I would choose Tech, but no shot without him. His collarbone is listen. It doesn't work. Listen, listen. All right, Tyler shows ass. I'm sorry to say, he's ass. <laughs> Don't you ever? He's not good. He's, 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 really not he's good. the goat. He's not good. He's, he is the goat. I don't even remember what game we watched, but Calvin and I just fell in love with him. I don't know what to it say. Was, it was, I think it was Oregon's bowl game or something, and they were just talking about Tyler Show. I was just like a preview of Tyler Show that I think they lost too. I don't even think they really won the game. Yeah, they played like four games the, his freshman year because of the COVID. It couldn't have been that. He's good. a mid-tier quarterback. I mean, he, last year he's a mid-quarterback. <laughs> he's what? They said he's a mid-quarterback at best. Tyler Mid-Shuck. Yeah. Is show. it Shuck or Shout? Or Show? It's show. It, I think it's, uh, I think sure it's, it's Shuck. Show. I don't want to say it's Shuck. It's S H O U G H. There's no Uck at the end of the day. Well, good, good thing we don't have to use his name because he's the fucking goat. I'm trying to look at. I'm going to look him up on Texas Tech's roster and see the pronunciation guide here. Let me ask you. I think he can start at one, one maybe two Big 12 schools, and he's at one of them. Well, he's not a starter anymore. How do you say his name? Show. No, there's nothing Show. Shuck, man. There's not a C. There's no C or a K in it. All right, I'm looking up Texas Tech depth chart because they usually have pronunciation guide on there. Um, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's Uck. Like, I mean, I could be wrong. Oh, that's Texas. All right, well, let's let's move on to another game. Uh, here, so, yeah. so we've picked. Um, we got two, two for Texas Tech, two for Houston. Tom, you're with the Houston Cougars, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Next game is an exciting, exciting game. I, I think it might be the closest game of the week. I think it actually probably might. It might actually have the most like repercussions throughout the rest of the year because I think we kind of expect Texas and Bama to kind of, we kind of expect Bama to win. Um, Tennessee and Pitt. Both these teams are supposed to be contenders in their division. Uh, it was a good game last year. Pittsburgh won last year at um, Neyland Stadium, so it's going to be in Pitt 
or at Pittsburgh this year. Uh, who do you guys got in this game? See, this is the one that I was thinking about the most, but I think I'm going to take Tennessee in a close one. I'm taking Tennessee as well. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm going to go really Tennessee. the same team. I don't. They're, I mean, they're not a horrible team, but they're, they're not the team last year. So I think it sucks that we're all going to see four Tennessee logos on there because I think Pitt does deserve to have somebody pick them. Uh, like, they're a good team, but I'm also kind of on the Tennessee bandwagon. I think that they are going to win this week. But they're, the favored, they're favored by six. That's too much. Listen, I think I'd bet on Pitt. Uh, I, I would take Pitt the, with the point. Right. And Tennessee will win. At the end of the day, it's SEC talent versus ACC talent, and I'll take SEC every day. Yep. Well, that's kind of what happened last year, though. Pitt won last year. Oh, yeah, but Tennessee's they different. Pick it. They can pick it in uh, Addison Russell. Or not Addison Russell. <laughs> Who the fuck? Jordan Addison. <laughs> Addison. <laughs> Jordan Addison. <laughs> that guy likes to yeah. beat his wife. Oh, boy. Yeah, he likes to hit Grand Slam of the World Series when it matters most. <laughs> That's very true, but he likes to do things behind closed doors. He, he likes to hit. That's all we can do. He likes to hit. Lord, guys. <laughs> Listen, I like I liked his on-field product. Horrible person. Yeah, he's L person. certainly not the best. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got into that discussion. Uh, but yeah, I talking about Jordan Addison. Oh, Jordan Addison. Yeah, no, I think Pitt. I think yeah, Pitt's, that's what I'm Pitt's still a good team. I, I think they played pretty poorly against West Virginia, though. And uh, we haven't seen much from Tennessee because they played Ball State. I'll, I'll take Tennessee, but I do think Pitt is, is going to make it close for sure. Um, what, okay. So next game we have on here is the, uh, the Iowa state cyclones and the Iowa Hawkeyes little battle for the cornfields. I don't, be a I, won't watch this game. I will not watch. I, I don't think there's any way you can get me to watch those two teams. <laughs> I don't think, like, what time is that game? Because let's see, I, I, at two thirty. you think so? I would bet. I, there is zero chance I'm watching that football game. Uh, no, it's three o'clock, three o'clock. Kickoff. What would you rather do than watch that football game? Shove my penis in a paper shredder. Okay, right. I'm, I'd probably watch an FCS game. I'd probably tune into the WBA finals that are going on. No, that's too far. <laughs> no, I, I I would rather watch. I would rather watch Iowa State and Iowa. But yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you rather find five dollars or or watch Iowa State Iowa? Okay, but who are we picking in this game? I think it's pretty much a toss-up at this point. Iowa just came get a fucking first down, so I don't know. Jake, I have I think a question for you. What? Would you rather get free tickets to a WNBA game or $1? $1. <laughs> yeah, $1. It's just, it sucks, but that's there just you the go. truth. Uh, the only I, one on this team is 40 and a half. Oh, I was going to say that. I, I don't, not a doubt in my mind. Under, Iowa. How does, how is Iowa going to score? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think Iowa State's going to score forty. So, like, you know, how many, how many years straight has Iowa won? Uh, I think four or five. Ever since Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell has never beaten Iowa. And, and if I think Iowa, that's damning, man. That is damning. Yeah, my pick is a. Uh... Iowa State finally gets over the hump this year against them. Maybe I kind of like that. I kind of like that. After okay. watching Iowa's offense, there's no way that I can even have any faith on them. I'm I'm going with I'm going with the Cyclones. 
I'm also all the Iowa State fans that were mad at us for shitting on Hunter Deckers. Let's see what he's got. They have the better quarterback, that's for sure. Spencer Petras is not going to be good. Not going to be good uh, anytime soon. I, Iowa has won the last six matchups between the two teams, uh, but I'll I'll probably take Iowa in this one. Sadly, it just kind of sucks. You're gonna pick Iowa. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't blame you. Can't blame you. They've won enough. But in then a row. again, but then again, you could blame me because you know last week was pretty pitiful. Well, I mean, the thing you that make we get up to those kids in the hospital. <laughs> is, last, it, is it a home game? Damning. Is it a home game? It is a home yeah. game for Iowa. It's a, it's in it's in Iowa. Hide your eyes, yeah, Iowa City. My God. <laughs> oh boy. Everybody, everybody, say a quick prayer for the citizens of Iowa. I'm trying to watch that shit game. <laughs> what, what, what would the college football world do if someone scores on Iowa and just flips off the hospital? Oh, just gives them two birds and just that would be terrible. Oh, they'd probably be suspended. Yeah. You know what's more lame? You know what's more lame of a friend group we would be if we were Iowa and Iowa State fans arguing all the time for that game. I would hate my life. <laughs> That'd be terrible. You guys are Iowa fans. We'd be, we'd care, like, wrestling would be our favorite sport. I do enjoy wrestling. Yeah, like, well, yeah, y'all got, y'all got wrestling, but I could, I'm going to be honest, I can give two shits about wrestling, but... Like, the Iowa, be... They should put the wrestlers on the football team. They'd be... They'd probably win the battle. Oh, I actually genuinely think I'd rather watch them wrestle than play football. I, I think so, too, honestly. Uh, so right. tickets, tickets are the lowest price ticket for that game because it's such a big rivalry in that state. Is one hundred and six dollars. That's wild. I, I saw earlier. Uh, I was just looking actually earlier when we were recording that Alabama and Texas tickets you can get two for twelve dollars piece. Whoa! Wait, what? Yeah. Well, what are we doing? And why are we not let's going? Go today in Austin. I'm in. Dude. Yeah, let's, in let's go. It's a great deal. It, although it says it's in row GA or GA one. Oh, that means standing room only. Nope. Never mind. I'm out. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, I can't it's, stand that. General admission. I bet that's standing room. It's not my yeah, favorite team. I'm not standing the entire time. I'm not standing. It's not happening ever. I mean, I'll stand. I'll stand at a, if if I'm in the student section, but that's about it. I'll, I'll stand to yell at the other team's wide receivers. <laughs> that was or if the referee makes a horrible call. Oh yeah. Come on. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> my favorite college football <laughs> tradition is when there's a fumble and the whole crowd goes ball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it? We, we all just say ball like like it's a. Uh, well, that, dude, that's my favorite thing watching watching like a football game with all the boys and the ball comes out and there's always someone who just. It's like an screaming. It's literally like an innate thing. Like we were born with that. I mean, we need to yell oh, yeah. ball when we see the ball. <laughs> it's like, like watching Drew Garrett watch a Bills game and there's a fumble. It's electric, man. I'll tell you what. Oh, Drew! It's like watch. It's like. It's like when a dog sees a squirrel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Drew, I expect <laughs> the only thing. I expect a nice voice memo tonight when there's a fumble for the Bills. Hey, and even lose, there'll be at least one. Yeah, they're, they're I'm so excited. Stand up. I'm so excited. Yeah, they're breaking tables right Zach now. Zach Moss 100 percent fumbles tonight. Um, hopefully he doesn't touch the field because we got James Cook yeah, now. Zach Moss better not be on the field at all. It's terrible. All right, let's move on. So we got two more games to pick. This one's exciting. Uh, it's the the Mayo the Mayo boy 
Will Levis taking on Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators down there in the swamp. Back-to-back big games in the swamp to start the season. I think it's important to note here, it, the swamp is back. It's back. It's back. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of fun, honestly. I'm loving it, man. So Florida's my ride-or-die team. I'm picking Florida Gators. Who do you guys got? I got Gators. Florida. Florida. Come on, Drew. I want, I want to take Florida's, but I'm going to be different. Give me Come Kentucky. On. I'm trying to win, man. I'm sorry. Give me that I'll head. i Kentucky any other day. Give me that head. <laughs> All right. Uh, the ne- Give me that head. <laughs> oh, boy. I think this might be the only double-ranked matchup. Oh, no. Tennessee-Pittsburgh both ranked. Uh, BYU and uh, Baylor. Too. Yeah, B- yeah, that was the one I was going to. Is B- no BYU uh, and Baylor. Um, so who? What do we? What do you think with BYU and Baylor here? Late night game in Provo. I'm telling you, it's oh. it's the Colt Classic. We've got Waco versus the Mormons. I mean, there's just a lot of biblical stuff going on here. I got the Mormons. The Mormons. Yeah, I'm telling you. I think the Colt Classic is just an awesome name for this rivalry, but. Cause it's gonna, gonna start every year. Um, who do who do you guys have? Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Mormons. Mormons, ride or die, baby. Really? Okay. Well, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Taylor. The the Mormons are good at football, man. That's what I'm gonna say. They're good this year. It, yeah, but I will favorite. say, I think Baylor's pretty pretty damn good. I agree. Is he always favored though? Yeah. Eight. But I'm taking field goal. Calvin, who you got? Uh, I got uh, – I'll go Baylor with you just because so we have some parity. That's fair. I mean, hey, uh, by the way, since I want to win, change my pick from uh, Kentucky to Florida. Oh, boy. There's just no way Kentucky yeah. wins that game. There's <laughs> no, no way I, I do not agree. It's like you will lose by two or three tutties. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I want to take – I'm looking at my picks. I just want to be different. They are not good. I don't like my picks. But, uh, I made <laughs> Also, Also – I'm changing my pick. I want, I want Baylor. I want Baylor. All right. Yeah. Baylor. Drew, you have a lot of, yeah, a lot of indecision right now, huh? Well, these are tough games. I think, these I, are Drew, I think so. Too. Yeah, this is, a good, this is a good week for football. Yeah. Okay, we're, now we're going to move on to a combined parlay. Our parlay last week was an absolute shitter. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> first, first, it was over the first leg. I mean, it was just done. <laughs> uh, I, I'm taking Iowa State Iowa under. I think it's an absolute fucking lock. I don't think there's any way that that game goes over. All right, I got uh, I got West Virginia minus thirteen and a half against Kansas. Oh my gosh! What a joke! Picking, what a joke of a thing. He's picking against the the the, the Jayhawks. What a horrible! I've got hey, I've got I got Pitt plus six. Pit plus six. Okay, I like that. I like that pick. Um, I'm gonna take Louisville plus six and a half versus UCF. Louisville plus six and a half versus UCF. Yeah. Oh, Tom, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't, I don't like that one. Okay, I'm gonna change it. Uh, Louisville got pantsed by Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe not that one. No, that's, um, that's fine. We can leave it. I think. No, no, no. no. I'll do. Damn, I'm looking at the lines right now. There's just not any games that are popping out at me. Here, I mean, I've seen take, crazier things happen. Um, take uh, Houston, Texas Tech over 63. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's a high number, but I, I, I think it'll probably happen. 63, I yeah. I mean, it's just every team has got to score 32 and, and go over. That's going to happen. Oh. That's going to happen. 
Yeah. You're taking the over, the under, the OSU game. Oh, uh, probably over in every OSU game this year, it seems like. Um, It is over. Uh, the line's 57. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd go over, yeah, probably. I don't know, maybe. We scored, I mean, there's 100 points last week, so we'll see. It'd be it, it, it 30, 35-28 would do it right there. Right. Okay, I want to hit on some other games real quick and just, just kind of give your take. They're just kind of some other games that aren't really too notable, but we'll go through them. I think the one game I think of this week is uh, is kind of exciting at least. I, like, I don't know if I'll watch too much of it, but Missouri and Kansas State um, down there in Manhattan. What do you guys, what do you guys want to see out of those two teams? I just want to see a close game, a good game, something's watchable, but I think K-State will win. In case they don't win too. Also, quick shout out to uh, Grant Baker for calling our podcast the Goat Podcast. He just said that on my B reel, so that's huge. Well, I love that we guy. appreciate him. We also want to shout out Brett Gerber. He's been asking for it. I'm just giving him a nice little yeah. shout out here for the Heist Boy Trophy. The Heist Boy. Hey. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking of this. Um, can we talk about RG three real quick and his announcing? Also, also. also. I don't know if I don't know if Tom can hear me, but it is absolutely Tom Mike that is buzzing. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Because every time he mutes it, I'm like, "Well, we sound pretty good right now." So what's going on in Tom's room? Not <laughs> <laughs> going on. What was your question, though? Sorry. I was, oh I was, yeah. Hey. Uh, so so this guy, the guy that does the games with RG three, Mark Jones. Um, he was he was doing the NBA finals. Oh. I think like game one and two before Mike Breen, you know, got through COVID or whatever. That guy sucks. I mean, he sucks so bad. Exactly. He does. He, he's so bad. Oh, he does so many he better NBA. You said it's my mic. It 100 percent is. Oh well, I'll just mute myself then. Mute, yeah, just mute yourself until you until you're talking, I guess, because it is certainly your mic. Uh, <laughs> So, Mark Jones sucks, though. I mean, that guy sucks. He, 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 talking about this word called inexorable. Inexorable. I don't know what the fuck inexorable means, you know? I'm sitting drinking here a bush light watching football. I don't want to hear some big word like that. I, I don't know what that means, but there definitely was an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. That tandem, I mean, I'd rather mute them, to be honest. Yeah, so they need to give them, like, Kansas versus... They had KU versus OU last year. They need to give RG3 a Xanax before he gets in the booth. That man needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah, he's something else. That's one reason I'm I'm pumped to go to the SEC because we just get better announcers. You get Brad Nestler every once in a while. Oh, I love you Brad. Brad Mullins at 11 a.m. though. You better be careful. Well, yeah, I'm you, might, you might be good. There's a chance. We're also leaving behind Gus Johnson, which is tough. Oh my god. You can't do anything big. We'll take better it I'll just tell you this much. Um, bad Brad Nessler, man. Missouri. Nothing like him. Missouri, Kansas State oh. at 11 a.m. on Saturday. It's definitely the best moment game. Actually, never mind. We won't be having – we won't be getting Brad Nessler anymore because he's CVS and that'll be Big Ten. I think – wait, wait. Won't oh, uh, Missouri, uh, Kansas State is on ESPN2? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll be the best moment game. Also, this will be the first week that uh, Notre Dame plays on the Peacock Network. There you go. Sure. So here's some other games I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, Appalachian State at Texas A&M. I think it's going to be sneaky uh, close, man. I do too. I, I almost took I almost took t- Appalachian State plus 19. Plus, I, I think that'll be a closer game. 19, though? 
It's a lot of points. Yeah, it is, but I think like twenty is just like where because their defense looked absolutely terrible. Oh, it's it's bad. It's porous. It's, it's very bad. porous. Yeah, I don't know. That that game is. I don't. Know. I I don't want to bet either way on that game. I guess the other game that is out there that's the Power Five teams: Washington State at Wisconsin. Sneaky good game. I'm really excited to see Cam Ward for Washington State play a really good defense from Wisconsin. I think Washington State. I, I think that's be. I think Washington State might pull an upset there. I really think so. There's a chance. What do you think, Tom? There's a chance. <laughs> Where did Drew go? No, Drew's left. Uh, I had to get my laptop charged. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you do the buzzing now. Suck me. Yeah, I, I think Cam Ward. Uh, I think I think Washington State might win that game. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna pick them outright. Washington State. Who are they playing? Wisconsin. Who are they playing? Uh, I got Wisconsin. Is it is it in Wisconsin? Yeah, it's in Wisconsin. Jumping around. Braylon Allen will have Braylon Allen will have 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I really want to. I really want the Cougars to win, though. <laughs> I did too. But the problem is, the problem is Wisconsin's not bad. I mean, they're not good. Well, you never know. Big Cat believes in him. Yeah, well. Hey, speaking of Big Cat, did you see he picked every game right last year before the Bears games, before the Bears season? Like, they went through the schedule on their podcast, and he picked every single Bears game, win or loss, correctly? I mean, he should have put that in money. That would have been a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. The Bears fucking suck, though. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're just a fraud. Yeah, I don't know if he's a fraud. He just needs help. I mean, I'm looking yeah, through a lot of it. I'm looking at their wide receiving core, and Nikhil Harry might be the damn best one. If he plays for the Bears, Darnell Mooney. You can put you can put one of us out there. It, we would be just as good as half their receivers. If, you mean Daryl Mooney? If you line me up in the slot in the NFL, I'm not even lying to you right now. I would actually die. Like I would not make it out of that game alive. <laughs> Have Demario Davis just across the middle just come and just murder you? I'll just tell you this much. I'd be doing absolute incredible, like, incredibly great moves just to get out of the fucking way. Like, you know how people, like, you you, you get that, like, killer instinct. People, like, are like, oh, I'm going to, like, headhunt Jake. Um, like, nope, nope. I'm just going to dive on the floor as soon as the ball snapped. <laughs> Aaron Donald goes into the game thinking, oh, oh I am going to murder Jake Bilger. Can you imagine I just run I'll a quick Jay Cutler? Oh. I'll be like Jake Cutler was in the in the slot that one time when he was being a, a <laughs> yeah. boy, where he just doesn't he doesn't move. He'll motion me out and I'll just stand there. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, imagine running a, a a slant into Roquan Smith. Yep, uh, be where I'd call it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it wouldn't be great. Oh. Some of those hits they take, I would be literally just laying on a stretcher for minutes, and they just pop right back up. Like, that was six yards. <laughs> nope. There's a reason I quit football after a week. Oh, boy. <laughs> the story of Drew, Drew Garrett's football career is just absolutely incredible. I'll have to tell, I mean, it, was... have to tell it on the offseason pod. <laughs> went, up, went, up, went out over a slant hospital rail. <laughs> He quit after that practice. Said, "Mom, I'm not good out for this." <laughs> oh boy, he hadn't even played a game yet, and Drew 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 what? had to retire in sixth grade. 
I mean, that's why I mean I was small then. Yeah, and that was a small, tough small scene. boy, small group. So I, I want to do this fun little segment I thought of here. It's a uh, is this an old SEC coach that we probably haven't heard of, or is it a failed country singer? And I'm just going to tell you their names, and you're going to go ahead and give me a guess on these. Some of them are, I mean, just incredible names. So I'm going to go with the first one here. Boozer Pitts, failed country singer or SEC coach way back when? SEC he's coach. An SEC coach. Yeah, he's an SEC coach. What do you think, Drew? I'm going to say SEC coach. Okay, you guys are all right. Boozer Pitts coached yeah. for the Auburn Tigers in 1924. Um, led them to a 3-4 <laughs> record. Or 3-4-2. and two. They had two, two ties. Boozer Pitts for the Auburn Tigers. Next one I got on here. Josh Cody, failed country singer or SEC coach? Josh Cody. That's, def- that's definitely a country singer. Uh, I'll go SEC coach again. I'm going to say SEC coach again. All right, Calvin and Tom were correct. He coached for Come the on. Florida Gators, 1936 to 1939. Um, Two pre-war, Josh Cody for the for the Florida Gators. Um, you think pre-war? You got you got to think. He was a pretty good coach to make it four years back then. It looks like these coaches, a lot of them were just making one year. And they didn't win at all, man. They're done. Uh, okay, SEC coach or failed country singer Skeeter Davis. That's a, that's a country singer. Country singer. Skeeter Davis. I think I've actually, I think I've actually heard of her. <laughs> Is it a girl? It's a guy. Sure. So. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's a girl. Oh, it Holy is shit, it is a girl, and it's a country. It's a woman? <laughs> what it the is. hell? It's a girl. I have no clue. There's Skeeter Davis. It is a country. How do you know that, Drew? Locked up in my head for some reason. Oh, we don't want to have to pay Skeeter Davis' family any royalties. Let's not play our music out. <laughs> I don't give a rip about Skeeter Davis. Skeeter Davis. Uh, that's crazy. Who the hell names a girl Skeeter? Skeeter? I barely know her. <laughs> Um, okay, the last one I got on here is Johnny Griffith, country singer or, fa- or failed country singer or SEC coach. I guess these aren't failed country singers. It's just ones we haven't heard of. Johnny Griffith. I'm going to say country singer. Country SEC singer. Coach. Johnny Griffith led the Vanderbilt Commodores in 1912. Johnny Griffith. I'm undefeated. I'm un- it's unstoppable. He did not go undefeated. He did not win a single game. So he was fired at Vanderbilt. Oh. Tough time for Johnny Griffith. He is not a country singer, though, either. He's, he was an SEC football coach a long time ago. So I just think it's a nice little fun segment there for, for, for us to, you know. Good segment. Yeah, nice little fun. But that'll be it for our week two preview. We're pumped for the football games this weekend. Um, get you a little bush light and, and sit back and, and watch the game tonight with the Bills and the Rams. It's going to be a nice game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, hey. Josh Allen, 350 yards passing, 75 yards rushing. Bills win, 35-31. That's what we're saying. Let's all predict it. You got 35-31 Bills? Yep. I got I got 42-28 Bills. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love you, Bills. 34-7 Bills. <laughs> Tom, if that happens, holy shit. That's outrageous, but I love it. Pants. My, my fantasy team will be looking real good if that's the case. No, I, I won't say that. I'd say probably more of Around like 35 28, around there. I drafted Josh Allen and Cooper Cup in every single fantasy league. I'm in three fantasy league. I draft them all. And every oh, league. Jake, I got I Cooper Cup too. Oh, Jake, by the way, me and you are playing this week at fantasy. Oh, are we really? So you got Josh, you, know, you got Josh Allen and Cooper Cup, and I got 
Gabe Davis, Tyler Bass, and somebody else. I think I'll take my I side on that one. Oh, I got Dawson Knox as well. Yeah, I still think I'm taking Jake, even though I love Dawson Knox. I've got Devontae hey. Adams, too. I think my team might be pretty saucy this year. Hey, Calvin, in the, uh, the league that we're in together, Stillwater guys, yeah. you want yeah. you want Dawson Knox, man? I got him. No, not necessarily. I don't even know who my tight end is. Drew, in our league, Drew, I might have the best team. I'm not going to lie to you. I got Kelsey, I got Kelsey, Kittle, um, Cup, and Josh Allen. And Devontae Adams. Man, your running backs are absolute shit. Oh, they're shitty. Unless You got Miles Sanders and A.J. Yeah, Dillon. I'll, okay, but say, <laughs> say Aaron Jones goes down. I'm not, well, also, one of my running backs got shot, so that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Hey, I, I, I heard a rumor that uh, from, from a good friend, Chisholm Holland, that he thinks Miles Sanders is going to get the ball a lot this year. That's what they always say. That's a good point. I, I agree. All I'm, saying I'm just going to say, Sam McKenzie is about to have an insane year in fantasy. Insane. Here, this one one phrase to describe my fantasy team this year. Get off the tracks when the train's coming. <laughs> Well, I think I think that'll uh, that'll that'll wrap us up. So just a reminder to keep off the tracks when the train's coming. I uh, got a good interview with Sam Bradshaw. He's part of Baylor's Stickum Three Sixty Five. Uh, so be, go ahead, look at him. Baylor at, or at Baylor underscore S Eleven on Twitter, and then of course on Stickum Stickum Three Sixty Five. He does some good things. He breaks down a lot of teams. So I'll explain it here in just a minute. But without further ado, here's our interview with Sam Bradshaw. Well, with our another interview, we have another special guest named Sam Bradshaw. Not to be confused with Sam Bradford, as once one of us uh, confused him as earlier before you came on. Uh, Sam Bradshaw, he's with uh, Sikkim365.com. He does a lot of things. X's and O's. He's also got his Twitter. It's at Baylor underscore S11. Uh, does a lot of good things for Baylor. And also, he, he does some things for all Big 12 fans that are looking to get their team getting broke down to really down to see what you're what you're got and what you're missing and all that so so Sam if you want to kind of introduce like what you do and a little better than what I just did that'd be really great just kind of let all of our listeners know who you are where you're from thanks for having me on and uh yeah what I do with uh, Sikkim 365 is I'll break down who we play so that's not only statistically how they performed in different uh granular details but also you know how experienced is their roster how athletic is their roster and then beyond that how do they leverage their roster in order to strategize guys to strategize against the opponent? You know, Iowa State's obviously innovated with a lot of the three down dime defenses, but TCU under Gary Patterson, they went very small in their front seven and would take a lot more coverage risk in order to inflict negative plays on the offense in a way that benefited who they could recruit at a certain level. So it is really an interesting thing and you get to you get to know the other nine schools in the conference really well as a result of it and it's one of the more interesting conferences you could hope to cover because you have schools with different resource levels different natural talent bases and every one of them going back to 2007 has had at least some nationally relevant success and the way they've done it has been wildly different and it's very interesting yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, so I have a bunch of friends that are big Big Ten guys, and I've always kind of leaned on, well, Kansas State has had success, right? Um, Iowa State has found points of success. Even the schools that aren't traditionally football schools have found their niche of success, whereas you don't see Illinois or North or not Northwestern. They've had some success. But 
Um, Indiana, don't, they don't really have as much, you know, they don't have a year where they can win the Big Ten. And that's kind of what makes the Big Ten, Big 12, sorry, so exciting. Um, but I think that we kind of want to get into uh, Baylor here. And so what, what did you, what could you gather from the game against Albany? I know it was, you know, a, a blowout and week one game, but what, what did you gather from that game? And, and what do you think most people took from it watching Baylor? I think most people took the benefit that everybody looked for the most part sharp. There were a couple hiccups here and there as any opener is going to have, but for the most part, you're glad nobody got hurt. You're glad you got a comfortable win. And Albany really wishes they had that defensive end. That was a walk-in transfer from Florida state and who, who was harassing LSU's quarterback all night. Um, you know, um, you know, you're really not going to take too much away from an FCS game unless you're playing somebody like a North Dakota state or Jacksonville state or somebody like that. That's, an FCS playoff team. In, unless you have that, you're really just kind of, do we look good? Okay. Did anybody get hurt? Okay. You know, and BYU is really going to be kind of the first big test you have. And it's going to be one of the tougher road games. Um, BYU, um, they don't go up tempo and they don't have that many drives per game, but per drive, they are one of the most dominant offenses in the country. And they are loaded on that side of the ball. And going to elevation for a late TV window game in Provo where they're packing them in and they're loud, it's going to be a big step up in competition from last week. And the Bears got to be ready. Uh, it's a team that you handled at home pretty well despite missing a couple field goals and or despite passing on a couple field goals and therefore passing on points at home. Uh, it's a game that you won comfortably, but – it, it's different, and I can I can guarantee you those Cougars are not liking the way that things went in the trenches, and they're going to be ready for them. All right, so uh, you kind of let us do our next question. So uh, what do you think the keys to the game against BYU will be for Baylor? Well, yeah. Um, last year, Baylor was able to get their wide zone run game going against BYU pretty much at will. Not handoff left, handoff right, going for 10 yards of pop or anything. But generally speaking, throughout the game, they were winning the line, the battle at the line of scrimmage. Even if BYU had six guys up on the line and were daring you to throw, you were still able to run reasonably effectively. And you really didn't have to rely on running a dual threat guy like Bohannon to do it. Even He wasn't re really even reading anybody to block anybody. It was more just you got in double tight ends and you were able to run effectively. And you were able to throw well enough to keep them off balance and, you know, you got some pretty predictable looks from the Cougars based on whether their nickel was more of a safety guy or more of a corner guy uh, as to whether they were in man or zone, but it was typically one high safety looks all game. Um, on the other side of the ball, Baylor shut down their running game with the exception of one quarterback read where either star linebacker Terrell Bernard or star nickel safety uh, Jalen Petrie, one of the two busted their assignment. And Jaron Hall, who, if you don't know, that, that kid can run. He is one of the better quarterbacks in the country, and he made a house call on a 54-yard uh, touchdown run. Other than that, they basically held him down in the run game, but their receivers, Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua, are as good of a duo as you will see. Now, Romney's been out hurt. He's questionable for the game, and Puka Nakua left the game against South Florida. But last year, they must have had four or five, maybe even six, long jump ball plays where they just the Baylor corners were not matching up whether they were in corners or whether in cover three or whether in cover one they were getting the better of them and you know you can't continue to have that happen 
Um, so how does each side adjust from that? I mean, BYU's got to play a lot better than the trenches, but if you don't, how are you going to compensate? Are you going to be able to slant guys? Are you going to see something on film that helps you do that? And then conversely, you know, on the Baylor side, how do you keep those two guys from going off yet? You know, your pass rush lanes weren't all that great at, against Albany. And while that kid's a pretty elusive quarterback, he's not, he's no Jaron Hall in terms of how dynamic he is as a runner. And both these offenses are brutal to get off the field. When you include fourth down conversion attempts, they're, both teams are like converting over 50% of their third down opportunities going back to last year. It's, it's, it's an offensive matchup, but Baylor's got the better defense. But if, uh, one, but if both offenses are getting the better of the defense, that really doesn't make too much of a prediction for how this individual game's going to go. So you mentioned the whole BYU situation and how we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast started. Um, with with BYU playing USF last week and, and, and Gary Bohannon going there last year or this past off season, was it was it odd for you to watch him? I mean, obviously similar colors in all honesty, but but was it weird to see him on a team that just wasn't nearly the the talent level? And, and what what did that look like for you seeing covering him for as much as you did? Well, you know, you wish he was still there, but props to Dave Aranda for naming a starter after spring. So the, the kid could go and find a place where he could play. Um, it's probably not best for the team, but as a person, as a coach, you have to applaud the guy for it. Um, obviously the game against BYU for USF did not go the way Bohannon probably liked it to, but USF's got its own issues. They returned a lot of offensive linemen, but they weren't really all that reliable of a running team last year. And beyond that, you've got new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, and you're going against a team with a lot of veteran defenders. And the USF defense looked like they didn't know which way was up against BYU. You had a busted coverage for a touchdown. You had tackling that looked like you were in the first week of spring practice. Just, it was bad the whole way around. So you wish him well. And, you know, I think he played better than his stat line looking back at the film. But at the same time, the stat line wasn't very good. And, you know, you hope they put together a better season going forward against more of the American competition that they're going to see. You know, um, Bohannon led him to a good year, but I think Shapin outplayed him when he had the opportunity. And in particular, 17 straight completions against Oklahoma State before he busted his shoulder and being able to provide a little more of an efficient, accurate passing game on the short area and a little more sense in the pocket. Bohannon is a much more athletic dude than Chapin dreams about being, but a lot like a Charlie Brewer or Baker Mayfield kind of guy, you may not necessarily anchor somebody's four by 100 relay team, but you have a sense of when to scramble and how to buy time in the pocket and those kind of intangible aspects that take your natural athleticism and leverage it a little more effectively. Yeah, I think the one thing I noticed with Chapin is just the, the timing of their, their passing game was just a lot a lot smoother, really, to be honest. And they used their hand in the run game a lot, but yeah. Yeah, and clearly. And I mean, you're, you're going to take the good with the bad with Shapin. You know, he's a young quarterback. Um, he hasn't thrown an interception, but looking back at the film review after the Texas Tech game, um, you're definitely looking at a situation where he could have had three that game. But then he comes out and against probably the best defense in the Big 12 last year, complete 17 straight in the Big 12 title game. And I think one Jason Taylor was bearing down on, and he still couldn't get there, oh. even if 
even jumping it, you know, and it's, <laughs> you know, and it's one of those where it's like, all right, where, where was this when tech came to Waco? You know, you're like leaving it up to dry and then these, you barely escape it. Whereas here you saw it coming and you were able to adjust to it. You know, um, I mean, it, it's interesting to see a new guy behind center, but they wouldn't have made that call if they weren't 100% sure they think it's going to be an upgrade for the offense. And I'm inclined to agree with them. Yeah, no, I agree with them as well. And uh, so I, I think we're going to, we're going to get into Dave Aranda here. I think a lot of people hear Baylor now and watch them last year and Baylor has kind of come become synonymous with Dave Aranda. Um, what do you think it is about him that he enjoys Baylor and Waco so much? And what do you, do you think he would be, I guess the right way to word it is, do you think, he'll have, be enticed by other job openings in the future. Um, I mean, never say never with anybody at any job. I right. mean, you got Brian Keller, we got Brian Kelly in Baton Rouge for <laughs> Pete's sake, um, which he's probably not liking that right now. Um, but anyway, um, with Aranda, you've got a very cerebral guy. Um, he's definitely a knee cat. Um, he's definitely you get the sense that the situation he's in matters more than just getting the big job. Um, so I'd be surprised if he left anytime soon, but again, anybody could be enticed. But the thing I like about him is the player development aspect and the schematic aspect. You really understand that this, this guy's thinking on a different level. And you saw that in the uh, two and eight, whatever the COVID year record was where you lost like two or three of your top interior linemen. You lost a couple other guys. You made a bad hire on offensive staff. It just didn't work. But your defense was still solid because of those schemes. Dave Aranda and Ron Roberts are just gurus on that side of the ball. And you were able to have defensive scheming that kept you in a game in Norman, Oklahoma, against one of the best offenses in the Big 12. And... I mean, your offense was doing nothing that night and you were still in it at the end because your defense that was a walking injury ward was playing out of their minds. I mean, whether it was drag route screen, they're all over it or a play action, they're all over it. They were just so well coached. And that's the thing that I take away with Aranda. Um, long term, we'll see how well the guys he's identified, how well they pan out, because right now he's winning with a lot of the guys that Matt Rule recruited and a lot of the guys he's identified in the transfer portal. And the thing you have to understand about Matt Rule is he was betting on himself that he could develop a lot of high upside guys. He didn't care whether they were two-star or five-star. I mean, one of the jokes on the Sikkim 365 forums was whenever a guy committed, somebody goes, wait, 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 has UTEP offered? You know, <laughs> um, just <laughs> almost comedic. But if you had the right measurables, like an offensive lineman, there was a funny story, one of the linemen on the team, he had to go measure his arm length in order to get an offer because they wanted <laughs> NFL measurables across the board. Rules guys were that kind of way, which is going to be really interesting to see Joe McGuire at Tech, who's kind of copying that philosophy, yeah. actually hired away one of the recruiting coordinators in order to do that. Um, but, you know, so what you've got is you've got a defensive guru with fast, long, heavy, athletic defenders across the board that are much more athletic than the recruiting rankings would apply. And that's what's leading to a lot of really, really good defensive play over the last year and a half and presumably for this next year. 
All right, so uh, going into like more of the like all around the Big Twelve type thing, um, what team stuck out to you? Like whether it be how good they looked or how bad they looked. Like, is there an, is there a team that like really stuck out to you in the Big Twelve? You know, I didn't get a chance to get to see as many games as I wanted to. I thought TCU looked up and down. I think their team speed advantage on Colorado was blatantly evident and ultimately won the day. Uh, I hope Chandler Morris is okay. I hate to see that kid go down. Um, that was one game I had the opportunity to see just schedule-wise. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see West Virginia, but the fact that they were able to get into a shootout with a new quarterback in there, and I've not having been able to see the film, I can't really comment too detailed on it, but I've seen people online saying it was iffy protection and they still put that up. That's a warning sign for the rest of the Big 12 that they're probably going to be a lot more to deal with than they've been at the quarterback position recently. Um, Iowa State was playing FCS. It's tough for, to really tell what they're doing. Oak State, their offense looked good. I've heard different things on the defense, but I didn't get a chance to see them. I know OU looked solid against UTEP. I mean, Texas offensively was a little sluggish to start against ULM, but, you know, you got a kid making his first start in several years, you know, and the offense wasn't overwhelming last year. So it's understandable that they'll probably be playing a lot better in October than they are now. So. So a lot going on around the big 12, but, you know, focusing more back in on Baylor and, and what you're seeing from them as a the year goes on, you know, they lost six guys last year to the draft and, and that's, and that's not including some of the guys they lost in the portal. What, who do you see being the biggest names to step up on the defense, you know, with Petrie leaving, with Bernard leaving, some of those guys leaving? Like, who, who are the big names you see stepping up to be to fill those roles, if not to that extent, to the best that they can? Well, uh, you mentioned Petrie. So they moved Al Walcott, who was one of the starting corners, actually had the pick six against Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. He's now in Petrie's spot. He's a guy that's well over 200 and over six foot. And he can he can be a pretty good player at that position. He's going to be a standout. Uh, Devin Neal is a guy that's one of those rule guys, supremely athletic, but he's one of those guys they definitely hit on. Um, you know, because you hit or miss with high upside guys, you either end up with a really good player or you end up going, all right, everything looks right coming off the bus and what happened. This is a guy where it, where it they definitely rolled the dice and it panned out great. Um, he has been playing really well. And then Lorando Johnson, who was the backup to Petrie last year, is now a corner. He's going to be a really good guy there. Um, but aside from that, you know, you still have Dylan Doyle at Mike. Linebacker is going to be outstanding. The defensive line is probably the best one you've seen at Baylor since Santana Dotson was there. I mean, just when you're talking in terms of the number of NFL guys that you've got, it's just depth and depth and depth. I mean, everybody's sort of Siaki Ika. But Gabe Hall is a surefire NFL guy. You got Jackson Player from Tulsa, who's a unique matchup coming in out of the transfer portal. Cole Maxwell, TJ Franklin, you've got Chidi Obanite. You've got guys up and down the depth chart that are most likely going to have at least a shot to play on Sundays, if not significantly play. So defensively, you've got a lot to really look forward to. Offensively, um, you return four out of five starters on the offensive line. You return basically all your tight ends. You've got Shapin, who presumably up, upgrades the quarterback room, and you got several guys who can step in at running back. Um, with running back and with receiver, you've got a lot of guys that are high upside athletes, but you know you need to see them 
put it on film. Tay McWilliams figures to be the presumed starter running back. But Craig Williams, the guy they call Squirrel, he's small, but he is decisive when he cuts, and he is fast. I mean, he's one of those guys that's quicker than a hiccup. He's going to be a big player for him. And then uh, just at the receiver position, you've got so many different guys. They're rotating a lot of different guys in there. But Monterey Baldwin, who took the uh, fly sweep in for a touchdown against Ole Miss, he figures to be a big force for him in the slot. All right, so uh, one question one question we like to ask everybody who gets interviewed in this pod is, uh, who is the most famous person in your phone? And why is it RG3? Who's the most famous person in my phone? I'm immediately judging my life decisions. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really don't have a good answer to that one, but uh, I don't have, do you have a follow. Do you have a follower? Do I do what? Do you have a follower on Twitter or on something like that? They'd be like, oh yeah, that guy's kind of famous. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure one of the national writers probably followed me back or something when I followed them. I don't know. I'm sorry for the dead air here, but this no. is not a good answer. We're, we're <laughs> a good question. Chip and Joanna Gaines. That's what I was hoping for at least somehow. <laughs> yeah. I haven't made their acquaintance. I know. I know. I'm really slacking. Must not be as big a fan of ship lap as I need to be. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so we're going to kind of wrap things up here. I, I know that, uh, you know, we want to talk more big 12 here. So I guess the, the thing to really wrap it up is how likely do you think it is that Baylor repeats as champions? I know it's a, it's a tough question. And with that, who would you, uh, say is going to be the championship game? What two teams do you think, um, will end up in Arlington again this year? Um, so w- w- what is your thought process on that? Well, I think there's about four or five teams that I could realistically see to, getting to Arlington, depending on how injuries pan out, depending on how that goes. I think Baylor will be one of them. I I just think the advantage in the trenches, and if Shapen stays healthy, you're going to get somebody to step up a receiver. The young DPs that you got are going to step up. You know, you're really talking about a couple of corners where you've got a number of guys that have the upside to do it. Uh, I think they'll get there. Whether or not they get there with a record to be playoff relevant, remains to be seen. You got to go to BYU and then you got to go to Norman. You got to go to Austin. You got to go to Morgantown. You got to go to Ames, you know, you've, you know, and Lubbock, you know, so not exactly the friendliest. You got to win in Lubbock. Most likely, but you know, (laughs) that that, that looks like the Bermuda triangle for people. So yeah, crazy things happen there. Um, you know, so I think they'll be one of them. Um, by default, I guess my pick is OU here. Um, I previewed Derek Mason when he was at Vanderbilt. And while I think he's a solid defensive coordinator, I think he's a step down from what they had in Jim Knowles. And while I love Spencer Sanders and what he's able to do, you know, I just think you're going to get into one of those games where he's going to need some help from his defense to keep them in that race. And it's a, and I don't think Mason's going to be able to deliver the adjustments that Knowles would. And then that's before you even get to the back end guys that they lost. I mean, Jarek Bernard Converse is starting for LSU. The other corner, Christian Holmes, is now in the NFL. You lost two of your safeties at one position, another one transferred to Ohio State. You have two NFL linebackers that are gone. That's just a lot to replace, plus, um, plus the scheme turnover. 
So, you know, I think they'll be a, I think they'll be a factor, but I'm leaning OU because I don't think Texas is quite ready yet. I think a lot of the injuries they had with Nair at receiver and on the offensive line will probably keep them from being quite there, but I think they will be better. I think Sarkeesian will do a lot for them to upgrade the talent level from what uh, Herman left them with. Um, I think OU kind of by default, because I think Levy's offense, if you're not ready for it, it can put some points on you in a hurry. And I think they're going to be able to bury some teams with that, even if Venable's scheme isn't exactly a perfect fit for what the personnel left over are good at. You know, I think they're going to be able to put some teams in a bind that way. Um, Dark Horse, probably think TCU, because their defense was terrible last year, but their offense was really good. If they can get some improvement on the defensive side of the ball, their offense might be able to sneak them in. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, – sorry, this is completely off topic. I was looking through your followers. Uh, I think your most controversial follow that I've found is Big Game Boomer. Uh, he follows you, and so I, and that's just a name that I'm just not a big fan of. So that, that may be your most intro, uh, interesting one. At least. All right, I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> uh, well, Sam, we appreciate you so much um, for your time. Uh, again, you can follow him uh, at Baylor underscore S11. And uh, follow him on six and see his stuff, I guess, on Sikkim365. Um, we appreciate you coming on and talking some football with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely, man.